You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Good to be back with you once again. And we're also early, of course, if you consider the usual normal time. And that's just because things are moving around a little bit. Probably where we end up landing uh, uh, normally here from now on out is probably around this time for No Go Zone, either uh, 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then for Fridays, we uh, are still shooting for 5 p.m. Eastern as well, I believe. So anyway, we'll keep you guys updated and, and put those on the websites uh, so that you can uh, uh, know exactly when we go live if you want to join us live. Otherwise, of course, thank you for joining us in the archives as usual. Uh, so we want to definitely talk about some of the latest stuff. A lot of things going on today, uh, not only in the U.S., but there's other things happening uh, around the world, around the Western world. Uh, the uh, U.S. is having their... Uh, the Speaker of the House ousted, Kevin McCarthy, but you know, a lot of the Normie Conning channels cover that kind of stuff, so we're not going to go too... Because they're uh, with $33 trillion in debt right now, and uh, no one is run <laughs> running that the, the House, right? The House, uh, Speaker of the House, that's what uh, McCarthy is, right? So no one's running that, and so you can have a shutdown and all kinds of things. All, all manners of distractions, I'd like to say, that actually is going on, to be honest. Uh, at a time when a lot of important other things are happening, we have to cover a little bit in terms of the all the F, you know the uh, the NGO refugee activists that have uh, recently been uh, kind of squeezed out by the very people that they advocate for to come into uh, many of the Western countries. Uh, not always that scenario, but uh, there's been a, quite a few of them recently, actually. In Europe, you've had this happen. Sweden and Germany, all these open borders activists that are actually getting uh, harangued and. Some of their uh, kids, in some regards, are actually being beaten up by migrant gangs and stuff like that. So they're kind of getting some karma back, if you know what I mean. They're, uh, they've, lay, they've made their bed, and now they get to lay in it. The unfortunate thing is, of course, that all our children and us and the elderly in our countries also have to lay in that bed, unfortunately. Uh, and some of them probably will never wake up, to be honest. Uh, but uh, for some, we'll see what happens. Hopefully their kids will uh, rebel hard against their open borders... Uh, parents who have created this scenario. So anyway, there, there's plenty of those going around. So we'll talk about that a little bit later too. Okay. So anyway, where are we at here? We we, we had the FEMA stuff in the U.S. I think we could just mention that real real quick. It was kind of it's always uh, it's always fun with uh, with conspiracies, right? So FEMA had their uh, nationwide emergency alert test on uh, cell phones, wireless devices, radio and TVs, uh, and of course then some of the kind of some of the gay opt uh, dropped conspiracies here. We actually covered that a little bit in, in Western Warrior here recently, but uh, uh, was of course that uh, this will activate stuff in the vaccines, right? Uh, the the carbon uh, uh, what what is it again? The carbon nano the nanoparticles is that what they're called? C carbon <laughs> not dioxide. What is it? The carbon fibers, carbon uh, nanoparticles, right? Um, but who knows? Look, maybe maybe it's true. All I know is that there was some uh, guy who's having an event down in Israel, a Jewish guy, Shakur uh, Shakura, what was his name again? Uh, that was spreading this, right? So uh, you had a, cra a crazy Jewish conspiracy theorist out there uh, spreading all these crazy things that uh, everyone who's got the jab is going to turn into zombies uh, after this uh, FEMA frequency goes out. We'll, we'll see what happens. Actually, a little bit later in the show, uh, if we have time to get to that, the, we, that's not necessary because because actually what's happening is if you you know if, if you kind of believe like I do that yeah most of these people probably want us dead you know for the for the most part they they want us gone they want us dead uh, they don't have to do this because it's already happening after the exploding cancer rates after the jab rollout we'll look at that a little bit later 
and if we don't have time, we'll have to definitely have to uh, focus on that story Friday because it's very, uh, very important. And this is like a bit, you know, those under like 50 as well. It's uh, skyrocketing the statistics uh, for uh, for a lot of these. And of course, you can't maybe 100% in every instance say that this is because of the jab. Uh, but usually, normally, what you do is you, you know, when something drastically changes health-wise, you look at well. What has changed? Is there something in your environment that has changed? Have you started taking something? Is there, you know, yes, a new medication, things like this that they look at, right? Uh, so barring that nothing else has been introduced, which of course is a possibility, uh, that would probably be a, a big part of it, meaning uh, the jab, right? All right, so anyway, uh, what's interesting about the FEMA test round, though, and I turned off my phone anyway because I just don't want to hear it, is, but uh, Russia had theirs uh, as well on the same day of all things, October 4th, right? Uh, what is that? Ten four. Ironically, October is you know the the word oct, which is eight, right? Remember all the the whole how they shifted our calendar. So uh, uh, sept, which is seven, right? Uh, September, which is the uh, ninth month, which which doesn't make sense. October should be the eighth, right? But that's the tenth, and so on and so on. Uh, November, right? Is that nine? Nov, maybe? Yeah. Uh, they added a couple. That's how it goes. Uh, so anyway, I'm not sure uh, what's going on with this uh, test thing. It could be could be something. It might not be anything. It could be a distraction and all that stuff. Yeah, here's the here's the uh, the clip here. Let's see if they have the whole the whole one. Uh, otherwise, I think I have it in my folder here. Let, let's play just a little bit of this here. On October 4th at 2:22 p.m. Eastern Time, the emergency broadcast system will be activated across the entire United States under the leadership of FEMA, disguised as a test. However, this test will be used to send a specific high-frequency signal through devices like smartphones, radios, and TVs with the intention of activating graphene oxide. Graphene oxide, that's what I said, carbon, that's right, graphene oxide. Man, how could I have forgot that conspiracy? All right. Other nanoparticles that have been inserted. Look, I don't, look, I don't mean to shit on it. I, who the hell knows <laughs> at this rate? What, there's people that claim they've found shit in there? I just, I, I, I don't doubt it. I just haven't personally you know, verified that. There's a lot of rumors going around, but look, anything's possible. Will they activate? I, I don't know. I don't think that's necessary. We'll, we'll talk about this guy. Into billions of human beings around the world through the obvious mediums. If the October 4th date does not occur for any reason, the backup plan will be to do it on October 11th at the same time. Yeah, the- so it always be that. Well, you know, it kind of it kind of didn't happen. I mean, if it's a zombie apocalypse, it would be... What would it take? Would it take uh, what a couple of a uh, couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, something like that? I guess it's uh, terrible. Case that this is not able to be stopped. I ask you all to shut off your phones and all other relevant devices. Well, I did that anyway because I just I, I don't want to hear it. We, we do, look, we covered it in the Western Warning, but it's like it's illegal to record it, and you, there's people that have been fined in the past for like re, uh, playing, you know, these emergency alerts and stuff like that. At 2 p.m. Eastern time for a period of two hours to be safe. On October. F- All right, so that's that clip, right? So old skull uh, on his telegram. Uh, let me see what we got this here. Uh, real, real convenient here, right? Yeah, Jason Shurka. That's right, Jason Shurka. I'm having a big event in Israel on October 16th. Super excited to meet everyone there for the first time. This dude who says the world is basically going to end on October 4th or 11th has a promo for his big event in Israel on October 16th. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we find out that he. Uh, uh, just to be clear, I love the country of Israel. I love the Jewish people. I myself am Jewish and have lots of family living in Israel. So uh, here we go with the uh, some crazy, uh, crazy Jewish conspiracy theorists here about the uh, about the graphene oxide. 
Uh, we'll see. Will they be censored? That's the big uh, question. But anyway, so you got you got that going on as well, which is kind of I don't know. I don't think we I don't think we have to go that way. There's plenty of other uh, dangers uh, to to uh, to us, uh, to our people, to our nations, and things like that. Uh, look, everything is on the table. I, I don't dismiss it out of hand necessarily every time. Uh, although some things do sound outrageous, who knows, right? Uh, but anyway, th I thought this was a pretty good clip in terms of some of the circus going on in D.C. right now. Uh, and it's kind of like just the spending is just so out of control, right? And then now it's another shutdown looming, and then they've ousted Kevin McCarthy. It's just kind of chaos. People are blaming like Matt Gates, Gates. I can never pronounce his name rightly. Uh, for joining the the Democrats to oust, uh, you know, I think eight Republicans joined the Democrats to oust Kevin McCarthy as a speaker, and there's no backup option. No one is like kind of there to line up. Uh, so be that as it may, perfect uh, kind of you know conditions, I guess, perfect environment uh, for plenty of crazy stuff to happen as this circus kind of is unfolding. But uh, Ron Johnson made a good point here. Listen to this though. I'm not of this world. I'm from the private sector. To me, Washington, D.C. Is, is an alternate universe. What, what is so bizarre about this place, it is grossly dysfunctional, and yet it has a very well-honed process for mortgaging our children's future. And that's what we're seeing yes. play out right now. We, we go from manufactured crisis to manufactured crisis, the debt ceiling, Correct. the shutdown. You know, although always building up to a massive two, 3,000-page omnibus spending bill that nobody sees before it's passed. It's passed within a couple of days and then quickly forgotten, even though it leaves a, a trail of destruction in terms of deficit spending, high inflation. Uh, again, the, the, we need structural changes here. Uh, you know, the, the, the House, obviously, you know, Republicans have been chewing and spitting out speakers uh, at a pretty rapid rate. I'm, I'm not quite sure who's going to want that job. Uh, but we've got a huge problem in this, in this uh, country, in government, but it's not going to be fixed by nibbling around the edges. I, I see literally hundreds of members of Congress acting like Nero, fiddling while Rome burns, whistling by the graveyard. Th this has got to change. This, you know, we, need, we need fundamental change in this place. I mean, he's right, uh, and forget if he said this in the clip or not, but uh, on his Twitter, his ex, excuse me, so, sorry, uh, it's, uh, it's that finely honed process that needs to be broken and replaced with fiscal discipline, and it's, it's like, sure, okay, yeah, you can you can have that, that's fine, I'm not saying you should be responsible, but like, hardly, that's not the, the core of the issue, the, the core of the issue is that you have a deeply corrupt establishment there, right? That just is, has never been removed. It's just gotten worse and worse. The cancer is uh, keep on uh, growing. Maybe, uh, as as with Nero, maybe they need to uh, burn it to the ground. I don't know. C call me crazy, but uh, for the... Uh, and it's kind of a dumb term, right? But considering what happened in Poland recently, right? The uh, globalist American empire gay, uh, which is, kinda, you know, kinda, yeah, that's all right. It's okay a term, I guess. Um, America going around and like having their, uh, you know, pride parades in Poland and stuff. The the uh, em the U.S. embassy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if you guess on that, uh, but uh, that that the whole thing, the whole influence from the foreign policy, uh, from how they've meddled in other countries. And I'm talking about the American people, obviously here, but the people running America, right? Uh, maybe it's just time for that to, uh, I don't know, fall apart. Maybe that maybe that's the best thing at this part. Uh, of course, that's unfortunately that also means that then it would open up this uh, power vacuum, and if you know China, uh, India, let, let's just call it BRICS for short because it's easy, and and you'd have Russia part of that now. 
if they'd be part of that, uh, it'd be it'd be no easier or better. Uh, it's like, do you want the anti-Western West or do you do you want the uh, anti-Western East? That's that's basically where we are right now, right? It doesn't matter who's in charge. Uh, the boot's going to come down hard anyway. Uh, but hey, that's what it is. Got to got to live in hard times to create hard men to uh, do better and improve our situation. And we're 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 right there, uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen. That's just uh, kind of how it goes, right? Uh, so anyway. I want to talk about the uh, uh, get into the migrant situation, right, a little bit. But I want to show you this one first. This is how, how crazy some people are. We're in the Free Times. Fredatid, a good source uh, for some of the Swedish news here. Uh, and I came across this because there's another couple of stories I want to show uh, from the source. Uh, here's how, how also how crazy, you know, kind of polarized it is, right? Sweden Democrats is what these are they? They're the second largest party now, I believe, right, as as AFD. They're just behind the Sweden Democrats. I think they got more votes than the moderate party. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, it's like an established, you know, political uh, party. This is, it's, it's uh, what, acceptable now? There's enough people voting. Forget about that, right? Here's a dumb gay photographer in Sweden. This is a minor thing, but it's, you know, this is just, just, the, envi- just the everyday environment out there right now of what, like, parents have to go through as we... Uh, just try to navigate these complete lunatics uh, that want to destroy our civilization and 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 you know are anti-white activists to hate themselves or their own people. You know, there's a photographer who refused to take a a photo. It says cards here because the uh, translation is wonky uh, of a one-year-old. Well, well, why? Well, because the mom is apparently uh, you know a- active within the the Sweden Democrats. Uh, a female child photographer says no to taking a photograph of a one-year-old uh, because she was referencing the child's mother being active in the Sweden Democrats. Uh, the event has created great anger, and the f- photographer is overwhelmed with low ratings online. Good. Uh, that's how it has to be. Shame them, shun them, oust them, purge them, uh, escort them out, uh, uh, you know, and if they if they turn violent, uh, if you need to defend yourself, uh, throw them out the window. That that's the <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to work here, right? This mentality just has to be ruthlessly purged. And and again, in terms of what we're getting into a little bit later here, it's happening now to a lot of left wing activists. Like that, they're beginning to feel the enrichment of the very diversity that they were so uh, hardcore active, you know, uh, act, being active for, uh, proponent of, and. It doesn't mean that they'll turn, of course, you know, and, and join our side or whatever. Uh, but uh, it, it means that they might, uh, they, they might, if they don't understand where this is going, they might be purged, right? They might actually go under. <laughs> they might actually disappear, essentially, because it's so bad out there now. I mean, our countries are our are, are war zones. So here's another one from the uh, Free Times. And of course, this is happening to Swedish people all the time. But here's a a Ukrainian of all things, right? A Ukrainian, uh, uh, Lori, I almost said Lori, like the bread stew, the English, um, truck driver. Um, and I'm not, I don't think he's in the country. Uh, I didn't get that far down in the story yet. I don't think he's in the country because he's uh, a refugee. I think he's actually just a, a truck driver. He's driving th- delivery uh, somewhere, right? So he's in Malmö, Sweden. When a uh, couple of Arabs comes up behind he's standing fishing right and this is like uh February of this year sorry it was November last year okay November last year so a couple of months off there so obviously plenty of cold in the water right 
how many hypothermia and stuff like that if you don't have a way to, to get out of there properly. A couple of Arabs uh, filming this as they, as they push him into the water uh, as he's standing there fishing. An Arab gang in Malmö mocked and filmed uh, as they pushed a fishing truck driver. It sounds funny in the translation, but you get it. It's a truck driver who's there fishing. Uh, into the icy waters in Malmö. Now one of them is sentenced uh, is sentenced to 22 is sentenced to okay sentenced to prison for serious abuse he's not sentenced to 22 years that would be <laughs> just, yeah wish i should just deport him right uh but he is a, he is a 22 year old that's the translation wonky there uh but the other uh guys who are part of the, the this you know stunt here filming uh this assault this attack uh is freed of course right uh a, a fun memory or some of the uh um statements from the immigrant pushing him into the water. Uh, they left him on the quay as they had pushed him in and drove from there at the dock without calling either police or ambulance. However, a witness to the inc incidents called the police who came to the scene as well as a little later an ambulance. A 22-year-old has defended himself by not thinking of pushing the truck driver into the water, but only pushing lightly and then catching him. Yeah, sure. So he was, I, I intended to catch him. I, I wanted to scare I want wanted to scare him a little a funny memory said <laughs> this is the people now we got in our countries folks it's it's unbelievable and not that the, again not that this is the worst extent of it we have uh, mass murderer rapists they're they're you know bl blowing up houses and shit you know like that's bad enough but it's this it's this minor everyday thing things because this is like not a this is free times right this is not like alternative source you know more a, a proper journalistic source, you won't have too many, you know, mainstream outlets covering this kind of stuff, especially if it happens to uh, Swedes or, in this case, another European, a Ukrainian guy, right? So it's the, it's those encounter like day and day out. It's this being in these environments, never being like. I mean, your stress levels alone got to be, you know high just being around these people if you're aware of how they usually behave right on average it's more likely that these people will turn violent for no reason whatsoever you can never relax not that you should anyway but it's like that living like that day after day week after week month after month year after year fucking decade after decade with these people is is just no <laughs> let's let's get them out of our countries okay it, it's like we need to get to a point where the majority majority of our people understand they're informed they have are, are are just sick and fed up with it and they need to join us and need to start working towards lobbying uh, informing altering changing whatever you want the culture the political landscapes uh, the the media everything we need more people just pushing as hard as they can every day in this direction normalize deportation get these people out and unfortunately for a lot of them they have to experience this they they cannot be told about this right anyway they said it was a uh, uh, pure luck that he did not uh, drown the uh, the ukrainian uh, who was pushed into the water crazy time huh uh okay so here's the other one i want to cover here here we go right here's some of the uh, fantastic <laughs> stories here with leftists and uh, open borders advocates, you know, pro-migrant stances, get to fight the racists, right? Uh, here's a left-wing V, which is a Venster, right? The Venster party, the politician. 
uh, anti-racist, was brutally abused by a gang of Afghans, I believe it was, uh, that uh, threatened to uh, cut him up. Uh, leftist and regional politician Mikkel Ekvall from Jönköping has made himself known for his commitment to immigration and to racism. But this weekend he was subjected to a brutal abuse by a so-called youth gang. That's right. Damn youths are at it again. Last Saturday night, Mikkel Ekvall was on his way home from town after celebrating a friend's birthday. How nice. How nice. In multicultural suite, you can still celebrate a birthday. No. You have problems there, too. Uh, and then it's like, I wonder what these leftists say. It's like, no, it's okay. I'm on your side. I hate the Swedes, too. They said, like, well, they don't care about that. In the district, district of Lilleholmen, three young men suddenly came up to him and demanded to get his phone. At the same time, they threatened to cut him. Uh, it's just really... Uh, it just really said, uh, yeah, bam, I think yeah, the Swedish translation was. I got, I got punched in the face, fell to the ground immediately. Then I felt how I got a number of kicks, mostly against my head, but also against my chest. He says he received many answers from uh, many replies or, or similar statements, comments from other people who said this happened to my acquaintance, this happened to my friend, this happened to my child. Yes, that's that's what it's like. We try to tell you, okay? <laughs> Us dumb racists, which of course is a a, a dumb label on this, uh, but whatever. I not that I care. Whatever, call, call it what you want. Uh, the the dumb racists who didn't believe in multiculturalism uh, try to tell you this. Uh, some of us, you know, 10 years ago, others uh, 20 years ago, others 30, maybe even 40 years ago. Some people right after the Heart Cellar Act in the in the U.S. or uh, right after the, uh, uh, you know, the, the multicultural uh, debate articles in, in, in Swedish newspaper by David Schwartz. Once that began, some people were starting to warn against this, right? So some people have been, but they were shunned, ousted, uh, vilified. Uh, banned, censored, uh, shunned, whatever, demonized by their family members and all that stuff. Well, now it's starting to happen to your kids or to your mom or to your dad, your elderly dad when he's out by himself, you know, hitting the back of the head randomly or or whatever. Or maybe your daughter was raped, right? We just covered the uh, story in the latest Western Warrior show again of how uh, a Swedish uh, it was actually a group of teenagers, but technically, technically, it was organized by the girl, the 14-year-old at the time. She was raped, 14 years old. Uh, how they hung their rapist uh, in the uh, in the woods. Uh, vigilantism. That's what happens. It's the only way when the state has given up on protecting its people, right? When they lose the the uh, monopoly violence that they do have to to essentially keep order and, and whatnot and turn against their own population that they're meant to protect, uh, what do you have left? Well, then you have to take matters into your own hands. And of course, that's going to destabilize it further. And then you have the issue of the military being on the streets eventually and more surveillance, all these things that we've talked about, right? It's just a, it's a horrendous, in these open, democratic, liberal, progressive, multicultural societies and states now, you're seeing a, a ruthless and a brutal uh, boot basically being stomped down onto the very people that uh, want to fight back against this, that want to uh, speak up against this, uh, that are warning where this inevitably would go. And and now we're now we're here, 2023. We're we're, we're here. <laughs> it's 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 ubiquitous. It's it's everywhere. It, it's day and night. It's nonstop, and it will not stop. It will just get worse and worse from here. And imagine then you get the 
compounding issues of like uh, the, the economic situation that's looming, uh, the energy situation that's looming, maybe even the defense situation in terms of where things go with uh, with Russia and BRICS and, and China and, and Europe and the West, you know, depleting uh, our, our you know, resources, military, you know, ammunition, weaponry, things like this, right? Uh, absolutely crazy. But um, anyway, he's known, this guy's known for once organizing a large demonstration against the Sweden Democrats. It's back in 2010 when uh, Sweden Democrats entered into the uh, parliament at that point. Uh, he managed to rally about 800 people to appear to protest against the election result and that the Sweden Democrats were elected to parliament. Why? Because they were racists. So he's been fighting against racism since at least 2010. Uh, and now 13 years later, he's being beaten up by the very people that he advocated for coming in. <laughs> I can't tell you he did. He totally deserves it. I mean, it's it's a... In one way, it's sweet. The only problem, as I said, is that now because of his and people like him and his activism and, and so many others through the decades, everybody has to. It's not just that he suffers, right? In fact, there are some of the late people in the, that process to suffer. But it basically means that the, the, the territory is, is, is like shrinking. Maybe before like left-wing... You know, people overall, not that maybe migrant gangs necessarily care about that, but it was like, okay, there's pl plenty maybe other people to target first. Or may maybe maybe there's a slight awareness that like, oh, these are, you know, kind of more, kind of more or less people are like, they're like on, on our side or whatnot in terms of the political thing. Not, not, not uh, you know, ethnically or racially, of course, but like uh, they're, they're kind of the ones advocating for us. They're more left wing. Uh, if they do vote, these migrants, obviously they vote for these kinds of people, right? Because they tell them, we're going to give you Gibbs and, and protect you against the horrible uh, Sweden Democrats or the right-wingers, conservatives, racists, blah, blah, blah. So there might be some kind of, you know, uh, unspoken, in some cases it, it is spoken, but unspoken allyship there. But that's that's disappearing now too. It has for some time. But it's palpable. It's It's evident looking at some of the latest stories coming out from various parts of the world. So that's just one. Here's one in Germany. Another example, right? Klaus Arminius, great account. Make sure you follow that. He has a telegram as well. Arminius News. Uh, great posts. Great guy. I haven't talked to him, uh, uh, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, but uh, uh, messaged him a few times here and there. He's, he's, uh, he does great work. Shout out to Klaus. Uh, Germany. Leftist politician Ralf Stegner complains about Youth violence after Kurdish gangs beat his son violently. Can you imagine such a thing? Huh, who could have known? Stegner has been supportive, supportive of accepting migrants into Germany and has once criticized people he accused of being far-right Nazis of being anti-Islam. There you go. <clears throat> you get what you fucking deserve. That's right. Uh, imagine how betrayed his son must feel. Uh, disgusting anti-white clown of a man. There should have been a lot of karma happening. There should uh, has been. Yeah, th th there sure has been, I would argue. Sure, exactly, sure. Uh, has been a lot of karma happening lately. Uh, yeah, that's that's how it goes. It, it's, uh, it, it comes, what goes around comes around. Uh, and now it seems to be, I don't know, their people's uh, turn on the on the chopping block maybe. Uh, this is kind of because uh, because what, what what happens is maybe 
Yeah, let's say let's say ten. Just generalizing a little bit on the timeline, right? Like ten years ago, you had many people that today are like active against this stuff in some way or another, if it's personally or politically or, or, or you know, uh, they engage in, in uh, the information war against the establishment on these kinds of issues or whatnot. Maybe ten years ago, they were like they were the the, the silent victims of this stuff. And since this, since then, they've like smartened up, they've toughened up, they've understand what the what the score is and these new parameters of the reality we live in, unfortunately. But now it's like now they're the ones caught off uh, caught off guard, right? It's like this. It's always this about ten ten year delay on everything I've noticed. That's why it's like if we talk about deportation now and normalize these, not that this is some rule or whatever, but I'm just general trends, you know, that like you kind of see when you are into these things long enough. And it's not exactly 10 years, but I'm saying like, you know, and hopefully that hopefully that speeds. Hopefully there's a compression on that on that scale as well, by the way. So things that used to take 10 years will take one year now or five years or three, whatever. But normalize repatriation that 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 is where this is going. There is no doubt in my mind that that's where that's where you're going to hear a a very strong political even if it's even if they're not 100% on our page and all issue whatever but you you're going to see that among a lot of politicians uh especially in Europe because you just have a stronger kind of fundamental like uh, nationalistic you know right wing scene there it might be hard in the US not sure hopefully not but uh i mean trump sure i mean on, on these issues he's he, he's been decent in terms of his rhetoric obviously to 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 get you know to get that to to push to open the Overton window a bit or move it at least, um, but was much done. No, the, the COVID restriction was one of the only reason, I guess, because you you know you had some limitation to legal immigration. But then later on, he said, "Oh, we're going to have more legal immigration than ever." Right? All right. Uh, so that's Germany. Uh, now over to the U.S. New York City man. Fatally stabbed by unhinged suspect was do-gooder activist and poet. That's one hell of a headline in New York Post. Uh, more accurately, some people have said he was uh, an Antifa leader in the area. Not sure if that's true or not. Um, Brooklyn, so obviously, right? Ryan Carson. Some people called him, uh, yeah, Antifa activist, uh, you know, r- hardcore left-wing uh, radical left-wing activist, uh, but he was he was uh, officially diversified here and killed. Uh, the 32-year-old Brooklyn man was fatally stabbed by an unhinged sub subject uh, in a horrific, brutal murder. Monday was remembered by friends as a big-hearted activist and talented poet. Uh, again, we roll back around to the uh, Western Warrior show we did. Uh, we had the. Uh, uh, Antifa hang in uh, Michigan uh, shot up by two uh, bigot uh, right wing, well, not right wing maybe, but uh, anti LGBTQ Latinos. Uh, and it was another Antifa guy murdered by diversity. Isn't that uh, fascinating how that, uh, how that happens sometimes? <clears throat> Ryan Carson of Bedford Stu- Stuyvesant, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, was stabbed multiple times in the chest by a stranger. And it was just this, you know, a random act, you know, we'll play the video here. Random act for, you know, for no reason, it seems, more than this black guy was was upset about a 
I don't know, a pile of garbage, it looks like. Stabbed multiple times in the chest by a stranger just before 4 a.m. as he waited with his gal pal at the B38 bus stop. And here we go, right? At Lafayette Avenue and Malcolm X Boulevard. <laughs> you can't, just can't make this shit up. I mean, Malcolm X was better than MLK, right? Because usually it's MLK in these places. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, he did, didn't wait. He said he wanted to kill white people, did he? Whatever, right? He he was for, what, racial segregation at some point, and then he was taken out by the CIA. Wasn't, wasn't that what happened with Malcolm X? Anyway, after the pair left a wedding, cops and sources said, it's a horrific, brutal murder uh, of someone who worked piously to help make this city a better place. Well, that certainly has succeeded over the last couple of decades, however long. What was he, 32? So let's say he's been active for... 10 years, yeah, decade, the last decade, it's definitely improved. Good job, uh, Ryan. Uh, the suspect, who had not been caught by Monday afternoon, was acting erratically and knocking over, oh, was it a scooter? Scooters, before he seethed, what are you looking at, and senselessly attacked Carson, uh, sources said. Here is the, here is the clip here. Did I import that? Yes, here we go. It's kind of further away, like the actual stabbing, so, so it's not too graphic, you know, in case there's any uh, sensitive uh, viewers out there. But uh, I thought this was his girlfriend with him, though. Gal pal. Maybe that's what they call it these days. No commitments, right? He's kicking. Yeah, he just goes off on that scooter by the car for, for, for no reason. Chill, I'm on your side. Chill, chill. chill, I had white people too. I'm BLM, man. Chill. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Is that his girlfriend or whatever the friend he has with him saying that? I'm so sorry. Are you okay? No, it's the the black girl coming up to him, right? Are you doing And there you go. There you uh there you have it, right? Now allegedly I'm not sure if this is the girl that's in there, but this is the uh, girlfriend here of the New York City uh, Antifa activist who uh, basically just got enriched. Makes sense, right? We tell you all the time, these people are communists. And of course, as G. Edward Griffin exposed, what, in his 19, what, what was that, 60s talk or something like that, it was like, the communists are going to uh, Jews. They're going to yeah, Jews. They're going to use the the. It's uh, another way to put it. Uh, they're going to use the. Uh, what was the wording he used? 
Yeah, like the disgruntled, uh, you know, black, uh, black activists or something. It was something like that. But it was basically like, yeah, they're, they're siding, they're siding with with blacks because that was like the best, you know, revolutionary guard that they could see fit having, right? In attacking, you know, Western society, traditional society. You got to you got to road that down. You kind of you need the chaos and the crime and all these things for like to 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 get that to erode as well. And indeed, that's uh, that's what uh, that's what they did. Uh, kind of like their, uh, kind of like their golem, I guess. Harking uh, back to that story, Karl Marx license plate, very edgy. Uh, that's, uh, uh, and of course they have a Volvo too. <sighs> Volvo, they used to make decent cars. Man, those two forties, man, they ran fucking Swedish steel, and it, they ran decades and decades. They were like built like tanks. Now it's a bunch of gay. Gay, uh, globo homo, uh, you know, uh, pro, uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> resources used. It's like shitty, shitty components. Globo homo components used, and now it's shit. This is uh, for the uh, there's some maybe the XC is okay, but uh, anyway. Uh, Carson's girlfriend held her mortally wounded beau. Okay, so it is her then. Okay, in her arms before he was rushed to Kings County Hospital, where he not could be saved, according to cops and sources. Carson, who became the big, came to the Big Apple from Boston in 2010 to attend Pratt Institute, was an activist focused on sustainability and environmental policy. So, so a commie, basically, because that's not what you think it is, right? It's like, okay, good environment. No, they're they're not for the Pratt Institute. I'm just trying to see. Um, gotta be some commie shit. It, it usually is. Architecture, six schools, architecture, interior design, industrial design. All right, well, whatever. Um, I'm sure there's some AIDS oozing out of uh, the Pratt Institute uh, just by the sheer proximity or location. <clears throat> but who knows? Um, okay, well, there you go. There, there he is right there. Uh, Antifa activists, uh, open borders. Cool, cool with all the shit that's happening right now. And that's, of course, what uh, what happens. Here's another one. Can we get this? Oh, I can't get this to open. Let me see here. I should have imported them then. Was another guy here uh, who actually were shot. I should have found a new story for it. Let me see if I can. Oh, I can't. Okay, that sucks. Okay. Uh, let me open it here real quick, and I'll I'll just read it because otherwise I have to import all of those, which could be rough. Uh, here and here's a tweet, yeah, uh, from uh, Klaus again. Here, pro BLM and liberal activists are falling victim to their favorite criminals. We of course had the tech CEO recently, right, in uh, Baltimore. We covered that. Uh, then you had uh, this guy Ryan Carson, uh, and then you have this guy here. Uh, what was his name again? Y- Young. What was it? Uh, let me see here. Where did it go? Here it is. Yeah, Josh. This uh, Josh Kruger. Uh, with a couple of tweets here, I almost have to let, let me let me just bring these in. We got to we got to show these on screen here. Give me a second here, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. I thought I would be able to open that, but I couldn't. Yes, of course. Yes, that he has he him in the uh, in his bio as well. Here we go. That's the actual story of what happened to him. Okay, uh, here we go. Let me bring these in real quick. We have lots of comments from this guy. Uh, talking back, you know, to people that are like criti- you know, critical of uh, of crime and things like this, right? Uh, someone said, 
this is just a general you know conversation back and forth uh, over you know crime and things like that and 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 it's always this you know oh we got to have uh, police reform and it's to uh, you know um minorities are targeted for no reason blah 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 john wick says uh, i wouldn't say zip ties i'd contend the threat of actual handcuffs furthermore why would why wouldn't you want to open the door to the real issue that's running ruining the city for normal citizens that would be the increase in violent crimes in the entire city speaking of new york here right um bro i think it is right is it or is it philly I got my, I got my, uh, I got my various leftists that have been recently enriched, confused. Bro, speak for your block. Mine isn't ruined. Speak for your block. Mine isn't ruined. The city isn't ruined. We, we just had one of these in California, I believe, right? Talking back like this. Excuse me, and then it was killed. And just because Larry Krasner keeps winning a landslide doesn't mean Philly, as much got to be Philly then, uh, is a heap of cinders and ashes no matter how much people say. Like the rest of the country, we are dealing with upticks in crime yeah it's just noise it's just it's happening everywhere else and that's why right um he him uh he had aids uh or technically an hiv i guess that's that's technically not aids but 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 tech as a as a technicality uh you could say to make fun of the situation that he literally have aids he slash him uh, loves his bike and his cat uh, and here's the sad news. Local journalist Josh Kruger fatally shot inside Point Breeze home. Kruger, 39, previously worked for the city and wrote about issues affecting some of Philly's most vulnerable residents were outlets, including the Inquirer. And uh, here is actually Scott Adams here uh, with, a, uh, with a dinger uh, back in 2020. He said, if Biden is elected, there's a good chance... Uh, you will be dead within the year. And Josh replied to him, the Dilbert dude is like Nostradamus. Look at his prediction from 2020. Wow, eerie. And that was... Is that, Sept- is that September 30th? Did someone fake that? Is that is that actually how close this was? Right. I mean, it technically is not within the year then, but it's like, what, within two years, right, the point? And Scott replied, oops, did not realize he was shot to death yesterday for not getting away from the hellhole in which he lived. And not only lived, in in the hellhole which he actively was a proponent of. And if there's any issues, it's it's with, uh, you know, we need uh, criminal justice reform and these other uh, gay kind of things. We need criminal justice reform. That's the main issue. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, Kruger was call me trash. Uh, Garbear78 says on Rumble. That's that's uh, that's probably true. I, you're probably accurate, to be honest. All right, so here's here's some of the the latest uh, latest victims. To be honest, <clears throat> uh, it is getting worse and worse for even for them. Uh, these liberals can't catch a break. And ironically, many of them will not. Uh, many of these people then will not actually see. Well, you could you could argue. Their last moments, they got to see kind of the world that they created. Maybe if they, if that even, if I wonder if that clicked or whatever. Wonder about or that instinct in some of these people, like, hey, you know, maybe I should get away or whatever. Uh, but again, it's about that instinctual thing. Like you got you got to override those as as a as a white person, as a leftist, right? You have to, or a white person overall, that you, we get indoctrinated into thinking you can't. Well, if you see a kind of a 
shady looking black guy that comes with his hoodie literally like uh ryan carson did in this case right a shady looking and they're you know who knows they're probably drunk they're not even they don't have all their uh, whereabouts with them whatever so it could be a little technically a little harder for them to kind of decode these things but most of them probably to be honest have some kind of instinct that kicks in but then they're like you know no we got to override i can't discriminate it's more important for me not to uh, potentially offend somebody by, I don't know, just getting away or, or walking across on the other side of the street. Not that that always helps, but it's it's it's, it's the one one small advancement towards maybe surviving a situation that your uh, gut tells you you probably should get out of the situation, right? Uh, the other aspect, of course, is to be ready for those kinds of things. Just this spatial awareness of the like that could happen at any time even by any person, for any reason, at any point. And it's not obviously always drawn across racial lines either. It's not that. It's just the, the general just mental state of, of most people today, just how, how what a rot there is out there these days, right? So let me play this clip again, because it, it, it speaks to that, right, of, of just how we go against our animal instincts. And it says, yeah, humans is the only you know species that do that. I think there's a lot of other races, they listen to that. They have no problem taking their own side. They have no problem doing things which, if white people did it, we would be accused of racism if we did those things. But no one is complaining on them for it. It's only when white people uh, take our own side, stand up for ourselves, want to be surrounded by other people that look uh, like us, that we agree with, etc. Uh, you know, freedom of association, these kinds of things. We get accused of being you know, bigots and racist and Nazis. But other people can do this, other groups can do this perfectly fine. No one is complaining on it. It's only, it's only a problem when whites do this. And of course, those are the very aspects then that leads to so many white people being randomly murdered uh, because they're not listening to their instincts. They're overriding that with this programming, right? A woman alone in a building, 10 o'clock at night on the 15th floor, is working late in the office and now she's leaving the office to go home. She walks down the hall, pushes the elevator button, and the elevator opens up and there's a man inside who causes her fear. Does not matter why. And what does she do? She says, oh, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to live like that. Or I don't want to make him think that I'm not getting in the elevator because he's Hispanic or he's black or whatever the issue is. All of those uh, ways in which we cross-examine our own feelings. And so she gets into a steel soundproofed chamber with someone she's afraid of. And there's not another animal in nature that would even consider doing that. Not even the bravest predator would say, there's danger over there, let me go that way. And at the center of every kind of victimization I've ever seen is somebody who saw some signal, got some information, and denied it. Yeah. That's anti-racism training, right, has done that. We're supposed to feel guilty uh, for not even that's not even defending yourself that's just common sense uh instinct gut feeling right oh you're supposed to feel guilty about that you're not allowed to do that you see so you should you should sacrifice yourself you should die for the potential risk that you might offend somebody because you you didn't just like welcome them with open arms when they clearly like looked shady or something <laughs> you clearly like some shit's going down that you shouldn't take part of right Ah, uh, man. Here's, uh, let me play a couple of uh, other uh, clips here. Daniel Concanon 
which is a great guy, great activist. Had him on the show a couple of months back, early, late last year, I think. Uh, very active on Gab. Um, Concanon NH Granite, or is it Daniel Concanon NH? Keep keep NH Granite. I gotta find the. I forget exactly his handle, but search for uh, Daniel Concanon uh, on Gab, and you can find them there. Uh, but a good clip of him just kind of lecturing some of these anti-whites uh, at a school board meeting on CRT, critical race theory. Because it's always that, you know, the hair splitting. Well, there isn't, no one is teaching uh, critical race theory uh, because there's that's just for law students and it was developed for that. <laughs> Bullshit. You could, I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but the fact is, it's, it's you can call it you know, anti-white theory, whatever, you could know, call it whatever you want. But the aspects that were first baked into those, you know, classes of, of critical race theory is, is exactly what most white people are now being, you know, subjugated to. They're, they're being uh, uh, run through uh, those kinds of educational courses. And in some cases, it's, it's young children uh, that are taught that they're, uh, they're evil, have a special responsibility because they're white and they're, they're part of, you know, a, a guilty uh, <clears throat> group and things like that. So anyway, he had a great, uh, some great comments uh, lecturing them on some of this stuff. My name is Daniel Concannon. I'm a resident of this city. I grew up here and graduated here. I won't state my address as I have active threats against me from my resignation from Manchester School District over their anti-white training. I'm here to provide clarity on the word games being played around critical race theory. It may once have been a body of legal scholarship, but things change. For example, men can now get pregnant. So like it or not, critical race theory has become the recognized term for all the pseudo-academic dehumanizing of white people. It might be called white privilege, whiteness studies, anti-racism, diversity, equity, and inclusion. The list goes on. It's all understood as critical race theory. So just because there's no curriculum binder labeled critical race theory doesn't mean it's not in the schools. You can label it with any pretty words you like as you do with your diversity and inclusion task force but all they amount to are pretty lies. They serve as nothing but rainbow lipstick on a pig, and that pig's name is anti-white. <laughs> you can try to deny that until the cows come home, but the anti-white pig has left the barn. Just because students aren't opening books called critical race theory doesn't mean it's not there, and doesn't mean that the anti-white staff training your task force conducts doesn't bleed through, and when it bleeds through, it results in white children becoming objects of hate. I've seen it with my own eyes working in schools. Speaking of eyes regarding the anti-white training for district staff here, Superintendent Tucker said, quote, it was to help see what the world is like through the eyes of a black child. Question, has anyone stopped and asked what the world looks like through the eyes of a white American child right now, born into a world that loathes and dehumanizes them, pathologizes their existence and commands their self-loathing. White privilege, white rage, white fragility, abolish whiteness. The ubiquitous anti-white hate in our culture is grotesque. Passing this hatred on to our children is evil. It is anti-white psychological abuse. It must end. Smash with Scott. Scott. Celebrate that with a smash with Scott. Absolutely correct. <clears throat> 100%. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, it's it's great uh, that you have a lot of these people out now uh, confronting these people, letting them know that we know, right? Uh, telling them to their face what uh, what they're doing and the effects of that, and you're going to see more and more of that kind of stuff, right?
So uh, awesome job. I'm not sure if that's very recent or if it's from a while ago, but regardless, great clip and play that particular one before. Now, uh, let me return to Braver, Suella Braverman, right, in the UK. There's a couple of interesting articles, too. Uh, out of The Guardian, I think it was Mark Collett and uh, Patriotic Alternative got a good, uh, uh, sh basically a shout-out, right? A promo uh, for the older, ca you know, right-wing bigots, whatever the title was, the headline, uh, are, are trying to capitalize on Suella Braverman's comment that multiculturalism has failed, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's not that this woman is going to, you know, fix the situation for for the UK, for England, for any of our countries, but it's about the fact that, like, it, it's so bad that now we have these like Indians, uh, you know, sh showing up, and and you you could argue like, okay, you have a Vivek Ramaswamy, and it's like, you know, they, you could argue that well, they got in right, just they, they, they got in through the stepping up on this migration ladder, and 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 now they want to pull that up after themselves, and, it, and not that it, whoever whoever ensures that that ladder is pulled up, okay, fine, great, I, I'm I'm all for it, doesn't matter, right? But it says, oh well, we need you know, kind of like Vivek, right? Oh, we need. Uh, you know, like high high IQ immigration from like countries like uh, well, where my parents came from, like India, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, uh, no, we don't need that either. Uh, so anyway, she uh, stepped up, I think, her rhetoric a little bit here too, uh, regarding the flood of migrants that are expected to come. One, because they can. Two, they will uh, call them climate refugees, right? It will be. You'll have some a little bit more rain than usual in some part of, of I don't know, sub-Saharan Africa or some Asian country or Arab country or whatever. And that, well, it's, there you go. Cli we're climate refugees, right? And then you have another, you know, two million coming in or whatever. You'll see that. Uh, but you, you also just see not only irregular migration, which is like what they don't want, right? The UN doesn't want that really. They want to have <clears throat> orderly and safe and regular. They, they want a golden conveyor belt from like the third world, the global south, straight into the west. That's what they preferably want. And I think it kind of, it's acting as a warning a little bit. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's bad on one way for them that it is happening because it's waking a lot of European people up. And so then that's, that serves as a negative example at the end. It's going too fast, it's too hard, it's too obvious, it's too chaotic, it's too violent. So you'll bound to have a counter-reaction. So now you have some voices of caution. We say, we, whoa, 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 like we got to stop this, you know, kind of thing. I'm not, th I, I'm not sure if Suella Braverman is part of that group or not, but I still enjoy the fact that she's saying those things. Um, she says that a hurricane of immigration is coming, right? And presumably, so she sounds like she wants to stop this. She says, this doesn't work. We can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but some people are pointing out and think about this as you listen to this clip here too. She's speaking at a uh, some Tory party conference there, but the Tories just brought in about 1.2 million people this, this year, right? So this is legal migration. Like that's that's a huge. I believe that's legal. Uh, all of it. Uh, maybe they're counting some illegal under that too. But regardless, uh, some people say per year even they're bringing in that now into the UK. So the question is, when she says that it'll be a hurricane of migrant, what twenty million, thirty million, five, four? What what is it? Right. We we didn't get a number. Uh, but listen to her warning here. One of the most powerful forces reshaping our world is unprecedented mass migration. The wind of change 
that carried my own parents across the globe in the 20th century was a mere gust compared to the hurricane that is coming. Because today, the option of moving from a poorer country to a richer one is not just a dream for billions of people. It is an entirely realistic prospect that there are far, far more people in poorer countries who would love to move to Britain than could ever be accommodated. Even, even if we concreted over the countryside, turned our cities into one vast building site and erected skyscrapers from Eastbourne to Elgin, from Hull to Holyhead, it still wouldn't be enough. Demand will always well, they're building barges. supply. <laughs> All right, there you go, right? <clears throat> Population growth. The video ends with that there. Uh, last year, a staggering 1.2 million people came to the UK, equivalent of the population of Birmingham, or 10 times the population of Blackpool. Net immigration totaled 606,000, a colossal number simply unprecedented in modern times per year. Now, when when is it enough enough? No, it's not enough. Let's build barges. Let's just have... Just stack them in like sardines, right? Where does this end? It doesn't end, it seems like. And ironically, I hate to be the, well, the worse it gets, the better it is. That is, while that's not technically true, because it will just get worse, but at least you have a chance of quickly, while we have enough demographics, as opposed to in 40 years, a slow trickle within 40 years, which slowly just chokes us out. This is kind of a a preferred method, right? If they come in this swiftly, they can leave as swiftly as well. Which takes us to this story here, too. Alex Steyer, Steyer, I think it is is the co-founder and head of the Mission Lifeline, an NGO rescue ship. Steyer told Al Jazeera, My Jewish faith guides my charity. In 2022, Steyer tweeted his NGO work, uh, tweeted that his NGO work is motivated by his desire to dehomogenize Europe through mass migration and mixing them out. There it is, right? Bottom there. Uh, no, he's replying to, not sure exactly what the conversation is there, right? Did someone complaining, probably? Uh, and of course, you know, Musk brought this up re- recently, too, uh, w- which was good. I, I like that he did that. Might have, to, might have to show that as well. We'll show that in a second here. But anyway, getting ahead of myself. No, at some point, Alex Steyer says here, there will be no more white bread. <clears throat> and that's, let me see if that, is that, is the other translation better? Let me see here. Yeah, what like white bread, right? That's not not white bread, <laughs> white white bread. Uh, because let me, what's the German there? Maybe someone has a better word. Weißbrote, uh, mir geben. Weißbrote, Weißbrote, white bread. Yeah, anyway, uh, because in fifty to we we know what he means, right? Because in fifty to hundred years, your descendants will apparently, unlike you. Yeah, should should that be coerced? Steyer, choose a partner who is not white. This is what they think, right? The dehomogenization of society is progressing 
I support this with my work. There you go. There he is, right? Mission life. Fuck away to them. He's talking about replacing white people. Uh, and some people, you know, uh, we've been using the term, and it's not criticism, but it was a great post. It was Alex DeFerman. I reposted this uh, on our Telegram. And uh, it, it just dawned on me because he used to word, you know, that they're proud of ethnic cleansing, right, of, of Europe. And so you realize, well, that's not what he—that's not what they're doing. Obviously, kind of what they what they claim ethnic cleansing was. That's what, what when German uh, Germany did it right after, uh, also uh, in Weimar times, being not like anything today, but as well then, right? There was a flooding of uh, areas such as Berlin and stuff like that of of foreigners from other parts of of not only the world but even some other parts of Europe, right? In yes, in some cases it was. Jews coming in, it was gypsies, it was, uh, uh, you know, people from Asia, or rather easier Turks, you know, things like that. So it's nothing like now, but then they call it, oh, that they're ethnically cleansing them w when they're cleaning up, right? That they, they, Here you had people that had come in, and ultimately the, the German people didn't want this, and they turned against it, because uh, they were subjugated during Weimar times. So they cleaned this up, ethnic cleansing. Now it's ethnic pollution. I think that's a better term to use. We're being polluted ethnically. Uh, we're intentionally being uh, made worse. Right? Made, and again, because that's his desire, right? The dehomogenization of society is progressing. I support this with my work, is us. Um, they're trying to get us to uh, to mix to mix out just because of the proximity of these of these people. Well, they're in your countries now, so now your daughters will just marry them. That's just how it's going. No, that's not at all how this works. Especially not if you raise people that have an awareness of their own ethnic group and their culture and their heritage, who they are, what they come from, and the fact that yes, most people on this earth wants their descendants to look like them and pass on their abilities and, and, and culture and their language and their heritage, all those kinds of things, right? Another tweet is that, well, because we want it that way, presumably there's another follow-up to this, right? We have the upper hand. The fun life of white bread is a slang in German they used as, you know, for uh, for white people are, uh, will soon be over. Or, or unless he's using a co like an, a direct code word or whatever. Uh, but again, considering his uh, openly his open activism when it comes to refugee importation, uh, it's quite clear uh, what he actually wants, right? It was a follow-up here from uh, Arminius too. According to British journalist Dave Atherton, Lifeline is funded by the German state using taxpayer money. Steyer also gets paid by the German state. Then they blocked, uh, they blocked him. Uh, of course, Mission Lifeline, right? Oh, well, we're saving lives. Remember that we showed the uh, uh, the the, the Musk um, the Musk headline here. I'm glad he joined in on this conversation, and I'll take it. You know, again, I've said it before. I don't trust him, whatever. But uh, if this if the world's richest man wants to, uh, you know, join in on on ban the ADL hashtags and talk about migration ships into Germany, uh, that's oh, that's going to be a win for for uh, for everyone who who cares about the future of our people and civilization, right? Um, 
So he, yeah, Germany's government and Elon Musk spar on X over migrant rescue ship was the headline that AP had. Musk late Friday shared a video that showed migrants and aid workers on a boat. The right-wing account that first put the content on X, formerly known as Twitter, praised the far, uh, the populist far-right alternative for Germany party, which has taken a hard line on migration issues. Yeah, I wonder why. And now, by the way, they're going to have some uh, AFD conference and stuff, but it was called off because of you know violent threats. Uh, but it's the AFD that are the terrorists, by the way. That's right. It's like folkish groups in Germany are being banned. We, we touched on this, too. Uh, in the uh, latest Western Warrior, right? Uh, uh, was it the Hammer Hammerbund? What, what do they call again? Was maybe the Hammerbund was a left-wing group, but the other Hammer, I don't think it was the Hammer Skins. That's some U.S. Uh, group, right? But there is another one, uh, Hammer something in Germany. They were banned first, so it's a little bit more kind of like a hardcore nationalist group. And then after that, you had. Uh, Artgemeinschaft, um, which I think is loosely based uh, on, on like kind of the Volkgemeinschaft uh, during National Socialist time in Germany, uh, but much more oriented towards you know Germanic pagan religions and things like this, uh, which was banned. It was 28 houses that were raided by people who were part of this group, and it was like they were like dancing around a midsummer pole. They were having kids. They wanted German values. They wanted to look into the the faith uh, and spirituality of their of their ancestors and they were just disbanded and banned outlawed criminalized in germany uh, talked about that in the latest western warrior show if you want to check that out at redassmembers.com but anyway it completely outrageous right and of course not, nowhere is anything about you know <laughs> what what the fuck happened to religious freedom all of a sudden you know what i mean completely out wow they're indoctrinating their children yeah because your side isn't anyway so long long went away here but all that kind of shit is happening right now in Germany, right? Going after AFD, grafting, uh, you know, pagan German, Germanic groups, outlawing them and stuff like that. So this is not just an attack on Christianity, folks. This is an attack on us because we're Europeans. It's not because of the religion you hold. It's because of who we are. That's why we're being attacked, no matter what belief system you have or lack thereof. So we've got to get that right first of all. But anyway, so Germany... Uh, he said, to continue here, uh, Musk said, is the German public aware of this? The account they're talking about here, this Radio Genoa uh, that were re, uh, that he was reposting, which is great. It's a good account. They're exposing all the shit that's happening in Lampedusa right now in Italy, bringing in all these migrants from, from Tunisia and other parts. Uh, they're a great account following things in, in uh, other parts of Europe as well. So the German federal Foreign Office replied to Musk directly, yes, yes, and it's saving life. <laughs> it's just so gay. Oh, man. So he said, oh, so you're actually proud of it. Interesting. Which is good. Spar with these. Spar with these goddamn genocidal maniacs, right? Oh, we're saving lives. No, you're working with and for and by and on the behalf of people that you're paying such as this guy, who's getting paid by the German government. And again, they're bringing them in, have to bring them into Italy now. This is like Israel all over again. It's like the Jewish Family Fund in the U.S. It's like Hyas. It's, 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 every time it's the same thing. Right? Israel was funded by the Israeli Foreign Ministry. They took that down from their website when that was being exposed. So this guy, he wants 
Europeans to mix. He's a Jewish guy. He wants European to mix out, and he's part of bringing in migrants so that we will mix out. This is religious, folks. They can call themselves liberal all day or whatnot, but this is it's real. It's a religion for them. This is going after just like Adam Green has talked about for such a long time. The the Amal Amal Amalek, right? Edomites, whatever different terms for us that they use. It's a religious thing. Even some of the liberals are like joining up on this, right? Uh, so you have that kind of activism going on. And speaking to that, here is a clip. Because, you know, the Ben Shapiro's would say, well, um, it's just uh, leftists doing this to us. It's just a liberal, progressive left. It's the left that's our enemy. Uh, and that's that. And it's like, sure, I don't like the left either, but clearly there's more than that going on. Uh, there's there's elements within the uh, Zio-Christian uh, right that are uh, hyper-supportive of Israel and don't you know question this kind of Chabad uh, you know religious activity and things like that, which is equally a problem, right? Um, so here's uh, a Jewish woman talking about how many rabbis they got to sign on to uh, open the borders for immigration. Last week, Hyas organized a letter signed by over 1,200 rabbis. Can you imagine getting 1,200 rabbis to agree on one thing? <laughs> And what they agreed was to ask our elected officials not to halt or even to limit the United States Refugee Admissions Program. And it's not just Hyatt. Jewish organizations of all kinds across the spectrum. Oh, really now? Fascinating. Fascinating how that works. Yeah, some people say Hammerbande. Yeah, Hammerbande was the left-wing group. Anyway, they, they banned... I did, well, did they ban them? Is that what it was? I, I thought it was a, a right-wing group. Anyway, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta check that out. But anyway, it was a, it's a minor detail. I'm just talking about that, uh, ramping up on that environment in Germany overall right now. But anyway, so there you go. Uh, you can't get uh, rabbis to agree on anything. They always argue. Unless, unless it's to bring in migrants and replace uh, the European people. How about that? Fascinating, yeah. So I think we're being uh, ethnically polluted in, in, in Europe and other countries. I think that's a better term than ethnically cleansed. Bring ethnically polluted. Uh, President Obunga over in the Odyssey chat. Good to see you, Obunga. I hope you're doing well. Musk shared Radio Genoa. Exactly. Uh, very important, uh, uh, you know, that he does stuff like that. He, th those kinds of things need, need to happen, you know what I mean? Uh, barring the, the, str the struggle session that he had with... Uh, Ben Shapiro and, and the rabbi panel that uh, Shapiro collected there. So it's, it's, it's uh, you know, despair and hope with Musk. Sometimes like, oh, man, why does he do this? But at least he's, do at least he's, he's just, you know, he's, he's going in all kinds of directions. And, uh, and he's, uh, I think he's trying in, in his own way, although I don't trust him. I, th I think he's genuinely seeing some, some, for some reason, he got his eyes open to some of this stuff, which, which, is, which is good, right? Real good stuff. Um, okay, and by the way, check this out. This is another uh, thing regarding Europe, right? And all the, the rabbis and stuff like that. Uh, the European Jewish Parliament. I have a clip to play on that too. And some people say that we're like kind of set up. It isn't secret because it's open, but it was like what it wasn't too much fanfare, right? The European Jew Jewish Parliament, formerly known as the European Jewish Union or EJU. 
is an NGO non-governmental organization based in Brussels whose stated aim is to be a, quote, uniting structure for all Jewish communities and organizations throughout Western, Eastern, and Central Europe, as well as establish a permanent relationship with the European Parliament, as well as national parliaments. The EGU-backed EJP is the brainchild of Ukrainian billionaire Vadim Rabinovich. And he's an interesting guy, because he was part of the... um, party that was banned under Zelensky, right? Because they had, uh, uh, well, they said ties to Russia, right? The opposition uh, platform for life party. And they wanted a closer relationship with, with, with Russia. Now, the other, che- check this out. <laughs> Ironic with everything going on right now with, you know, Ukraine and the war and stuff. The EJU group was founded in the spring of 2011 by Ihor Kolomoisky, which, of course, is the other guy that then funded, at least for a while, he allegedly doesn't do it anymore, but people talked about the inception point of, of Azov, right? Uh, which is this the, the, the Nazi organization in, in Ukraine that they pee their pants over in Canada. We have we covered that whole thing. The, well, not over Azov technically, but th- that whole thing has always been brought up, right? Oh, the Ukrainian Nazis and stuff. It's like, yeah, why do you think they joined the, the Germans fighting Bolshevism? Like, oh, gee, maybe there's a reason? I don't know. But regardless, um, Kolomoisky, Vadim Rabinovich, right? Very influential, powerful, uh, wealthy Jews in Ukraine uh, set this up, right? The EGU hoped to establish a European Jewish parliament comprising of 120 members modeled on the Israeli Knesset. This group would then represent the concerns of the Jewish community to the European Union. The European Jewish parliament was inaugurated on February 16, 2012. The first EJP annual General Assembly was held in Brussels on May 15th and 16th of 2012. And here's a uh, clip when this was first rolled out and announced. And this was on Israeli TV, by the way. And I don't think there was not much, not much press, I believe, at the time. It was, it was not, I'm not saying it was secret, but it was kind of like, it was like off over here, you know. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like a, a, a big thing, as it usually is not. The European Jewish Parliament is a new uh, 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 pan-European uh, Jewish body who was inaugurated last week uh, uh, at the European Parliament in Brussels, and uh, it gathers uh, 120. Uh, 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 European uh, uh, parliamentarian, Jewish parliamentarian, uh, across out, uh, approximately 50 countries. And uh, uh, the people were elected by Jewish community in Europe. So more than 400,000 people voted to elect their own representative. And the member of parliament, number of member of parliament depends on the importance of the Jewish community. For instance, uh, in France you have nine or ten members, uh, and, and in other uh, countries where the Jewish community is smaller, you have one member. Now, what is the role of this uh, this gathering, this parliament? Well, it's very uh, broad, you know. Uh, among them, uh, it's tr- to promote the Jewish value uh, and. Uh, promote the Jewish value? What is that exactly? Uh, among them, uh, it's tr- to promote the Jewish value uh, and uh, it's to take care about... Uh, of, uh, of open borders? <laughs> if you have asked, like, I don't know, where do we begin? Barbara Spector, Axel Steyer, uh, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Aneta Kahane, uh, the, 
holy shit, Nul Ignatiev, the highest Jewish family founder, is open, open borders replacement? Is that, is that it? Uh, the concern of uh, the Jewish community in Europe, for instance, anti-Semitism. More ethnic issues, right? But as soon as whites try to do so, well, Europe, your Europe, European Parliament is all for you, and only no, it's not anymore. It's, not, it's inclusive and diverse, and it can't be a- anything. There's no issues here of like true. I mean, really, truly, like the European people's issues that are being raised in this Parliament. It's not. Uh, the delegitimization, the, the growing delegitimization of Israel in Europe, and to remind to our fellow citizens in Europe. So the European Jewish problem is concerning themselves with Israel and pushing Israel. Isn't that fascinating? That uh, Europe was uh, constructed uh, 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 on the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition ah, values. Yes, of course. There's, a, there's always that one. There you go. Checkmate Christians, uh, we got you by the balls. And of course, unfortunately, a lot of them believe it too. Uh, it was founded uh, in Jerusalem, in Rome, and in Athens. And uh, so we are totally part of the, the, the European history. So yeah, they write themselves in. Remember the headlines when, the, oh, the, Israel is the Western world? What was it? it was something like that. I love how they twisted that, right? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's you, you, got that, uh, you got that wrong, uh, sir. We, uh, we don't need Jerusalem part of that. Uh, it, it's in fact that's probably the the, the worst uh, uh, addition that we've had to try to you know pervert what Western European history has been. It's made, made that whole thing worse. Look, look at it now. Look at where we are right now. Uh, our people are standing at the at the cliff of uh, at the, right at the abyss right now of being gone forever because of this indoctrination, because of this tolerance, because of these. Uh, issues because of us not standing up for ourselves and it's stuff like that they, they, they called us racists and nazis and, and as you hear next here they use history against us right uh colonialism slavery the holocaust and that's the reason why you can't uh you know be active and and uh, stand up for your own people because uh you know because uh, history and we have to remind it and uh, to keep our place in the society now you're here at the uh, gathering of the yeah, we got to keep our place in society conference of presidents of major american jewish organizations how do you um compare between your challenges in europe and the challenges that you're hearing here at this uh, conference of the american jews well they are probably the same, but at different level. Uh, uh, thanks God, uh, uh, in US they don't face uh, the, the problem at the same intensity. When I speak about anti-Semitism, uh, mainly in Western Europe, we saw the, 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 the increase, the surge of anti-Semitism from this last decade. Uh, starting uh, the second intifada, we had an importation of the conflict a few days later in uh, the street of Brussels, Berlin, Paris, London, and so. So, uh, but uh, we have the same focus. Uh, we have the same concern, and the uh, 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 conference of president is also dedicated to promote Jewish values and, you know, to, to, to strengthen the relation between the, uh, uh, the uh, different Jewish organizations. And uh, that's all, also one of our concerns and one of our objectives is to extend our hands to different European Jewish bodies or uh, European or local and to work together to promote uh, uh, the Jewish interest in Europe. Look at that. It's just, it's just unbelievable, the, the chutzpah, right? To promote our issues, first and foremost, and a good reach, homogenizes, centralize, essentially, and, and cooperate across organizations and all these kinds of things, right? Uh, imagine 
uh, white people standing to you you know and 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 of course they say the, you know you know, all european issues yeah blah blah yeah well what they mean is the eu they don't talk about actually like the the, the people of europe right let's replace it then with to just you know to, to use that word right to say well we're here to promote ethnically european issues or or let's say even white issues or something like that yeah, watch what would have happened at that point. Now, uh, anti-Semitism today, as opposed Here. to what we uh, saw before the Holocaust, now today we're talking mainly about uh, Muslim anti-Semitism? Ah. Yeah, many, many. Absolutely. It's, uh... Absolutely, he says. Well, well, who advocated the most strongly and fervently for opening Europe's borders now again? Is, is there any organizations, any people you can think of uh, any groups, any NGOs, any activists, any money flowing from certain directions? Hmm. Well, you did it to yourself. The difference is you have a backup country that you can go to. That's a huge difference. Europe, we don't have that. That's that, that's it. These are our countries. The migrants, the asylum seekers, the refugees, the invaders that are coming into our country, they have back. All of them can go back to their countries. We don't have another country to go to. This is it. For us, this is it's life and death. It's it's either us or them at this point. We're running out of space, we're running out of resources, and we're running out of patience, and we're running out of tolerance. <laughs> we, we just we we just we don't want it anymore. Okay, we're done. As I said, it's a, a importation of the Israeli-Hawa conflict in the street of Europe. So uh, when you see a synagogue uh, with attacked which is attacked, or, or, or Jewish people wearing a kippah or the Magen David at the neck attacking the street. It's mainly the factor of, uh, of uh, uh, um, European Muslim people. Well, maybe Europe and Muslim people, that doesn't make sense. Europe and Muslim people, so Europe is still responsible. Obviously, they're still responsible, right? Well, maybe it should take that up with Barbara Spectre. Actually, you, you want to do that? No? Okay. But not all of them, thanks God, are anti-Semite, and uh, uh, we would like to work also with a uh, 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 member of the Muslim communities to fight against this uh, plague, because, uh, we are, it's, you know, anti-Semitism is not a Jewish issue. It's today a European issue. Oh, we are no, speaking about the very uh, basic values of European democracy. So we have to fight all together against this plague. But how about the, the, the trauma of the Holocaust? That doesn't uh, help against anti-Semitism? That doesn't maybe Pfizer. make the authorities a bit more careful when they see anti-Semitism? It's more complex than that, yes, when you are a skinhead and uh, making the Nazi salute, yes. But when you are uh, uh, coming from uh, North Africa, uh, people not always make the link. And if you want to enter this discussion, we have to speak about two European guilt. The guilt yeah. of the Shoah and yeah. the guilt of colonialism. See, there so go. you see, uh, yeah. the, the, the So we got them. Uh, we got we got them in a we got them in a guilt sandwich, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever they, they can't move, whatever they do, ah ah ah, ah colonialism, ah ah ah, Shoah. Victims are, are, of anti-Semitism are the, the 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 son and grandson of uh, the victim of the Shoah, and in most of case, the people who are responsible of this. Anti-Semitic attacks are the son and the grandson of the victim of colonialism. So uh, it's more difficult than that. Of course, it's always it's always more it's complicated. Okay, it's very very complicated. So it's always more more hard than that to figure it out. Uh, all right, there you go. Same thing every time. Same thing every time. Well, I just I'm not you know I don't just, I I don't care. <laughs>
<laughs> I just don't care. We're we're the ones in peril right now. It's 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 us. Uh, we have to stand up for ourselves. That that's it. And then of course they have a European Jewish Congress as well. Uh, founded in 1986, based in Brussels, with offices in Paris, Strasbourg, Berlin, Budapest, and is a representative body of democratically elected European Jewish communities throughout Europe. And then, of course, uh, the world Jewish... Com- anyway, the, we, could, we could click in the, on this forever. Uh, the fact is, it's well organized. Uh, they are allowed to have these things. They can openly, many of them, advocate for the replacement of us. They can have organizations that are sponsored by the Israeli state or these kinds of excuse me, these kinds of institutions, and uh, like the World Jewish Congress or highest or whatever it is, right? And they're distinctly linked to, in some cases, religious, you know, values, right? Judaism, or in some cases, well, it's they say, but I'm saying like it, it's, it's an admission that this is like, oh, it's, it's strictly tied to that or, or uh, us replacing you, which of course is the end result of their activism to save lives, like the other guy says, uh, is of course uh, undeniable at this point, right? That you, you're, you're replacing us. This is uh, genocide of the European peoples, and it's sponsored. And it's uh, there's religious connotations. There is ties to um, you know establishment and well-oiled and a well-oiled uh, machinery of NGOs and groups and organizations and, and lots of money uh, behind this. And then of course you mention these things and start talking about it, and immediately. Uh, the uh, the complaining begins. Well, well, we didn't do nothing, right? Uh, we're ju- we're just we're just trying to help, as the guy said. I'm Jewish, but I'm here to help. That's right. Uh, okay. So, uh, and the other, of course, the other the other uh, aspect of this is, of course, that they do have a lot of the Christians by the the balls as well, because they just say, well, you know, it's Judeo. It's our Judeo Christian values. Goy. And uh, checkmate. So there's nothing you can say about that. Uh, so then, of course, you know, with all some of these things in mind, when then consequently young white guys feel, look, we're being turned into minorities, we're being ousted, we're being attacked, we're being threatened, uh, our mothers, our daughters, our sisters are being uh, sexually attacked, raped. In some cases, gang raped our sons, fathers, brothers, uncles, what have you, uh, are being targeted for violence, random acts of violence. We feel well. Then we have to, we have to organize. We have to toughen up. We have to, we have to train. Right. We have to defend our. We have to be able to defend ourselves. We have to form community, build. What hap- What happens then? Well, immediately now it's da- it's dangerous terrorism. Uh, covert far right militias happen uh, because uh, white people are setting up fight clubs, active clubs, training things like this. Right, there are many of these around the world right now. Uh, well, around the Western world, uh, and of course, then they immediately they complain. Right, a new report details the explosive growth of neo-Nazi groups using fitness to build, quote, shadow army. <laughs> this is incredible, right? I mean, it's like, it, it's, luckily it's caught on as, because like, okay, we're going to need, like, people are going to be able to defend themselves against the violence here that we're subjected to, right? But then that's building shadow armies. But then the military-aged men that are just pouring over our borders, droves and droves of them, 
Aster attacking us. Aster raping women. Aster blowing up, like they're bombing our, our fucking residential areas now. Look at what just happened in in Sweden with this Kurdish gang, right? No, that's not a that's not some army. That's not a that's not a big threat. That's not a big problem. No, it's the it's the white supremacists. That's the issue again, as always, right? This, this is all they have left is wordplay, shame, guilt. Ooh, here's the day the dangerous terrorist. But there's a real clear uh, you know threat here in terms of how some of our state apparatus apparatuses will deal with freedom of association and freedom of uh, <laughs> what you what we can call it freedom freedom of like no you can't no you can't work out with your friends that's terrorism you're you have you have a telegram group and and you're sharing you know right-wing memes on there while you're working out uh, with your buddies that's terrorism uh, you know because you're seeing those trends now being set in Germany that's why I brought that up with the, the banning of those various groups and they'll ban them if they're pagan, they'll ban them if they're Christian, they'll ban them if they're uh, atheist, they'll ban them if they're whatever, as long as they're white European. They will try to, they will spy and look on them and be worried and, oh my God, they're taller, they're trying to fight back? Oh, we're trying to kill them and they're trying to fight back? I can't, I can't believe it. They should, we need to, can we tie their, uh, can we tie their hands somehow so that they can't fight back? So this is what it is, right? I'm not going to go through all this. It's Vice News and Counter Extremism Project. And, oh, Rob Rondo is a dangerous extremist. And the P- Patriot Front, White Lives Matter, Proud Boys, uh, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on of this fucking shit. There's Rondo right there. All right. So that's what they're doing. Uh, Voice of America, which, of course, is the famous CIA outlet, had this as well. That's the uh, outlet that Tucker Carlson's dad worked for. Uh, before Tucker Carlson, co- well, not before, while Tucker Carlson was contemplating a uh, a career with the FBI. Uh, so the CIA, right? The CIA. Uh, and then last minute, kind of like Anderson Cooper, he's like, yeah, now I'll go into journalism. <clears throat> so anyway, that's Voice of America for you as well. And uh, And they also want to take things from you, white people. Michael Harriet. Earlier this year, from uh, Yahoo News here, take things from white people. <laughs> that's where that's where we're at right now. Uh, that's how bad it is. For it. Yeah, I want. I wonder why. Why are why do people? Why do white guys want to fight? But what's going on with this? Yes, it's hard times. But can we can we can we put a foot in? Can we put a bookmark in here and just illegal uh, make it illegal for white people to uh, to toughen up? Can we uh, can we do that? We say you can't. You're not allowed to work out this man. Who are you working out with? How many times a week? Um, what are you training at? Exactly, you said. You know it's coming. <laughs> you know it's coming. This is the only. It's the only fucking thing they have left. Same with the UN, right? We went through that in the Western Warrior Show. Uh, only thing they have left is is censorship now, right? We, we, we're prior that were you know human rights and you know, Article 19 is like oh freedom of expression and. Freedom to convey your ideas, and that's all. It's, it's, all their left-wing dumb AIDS comments, you know, got infected society over the decades, and now they're losing the discourse online, despite all the censorship and the banning and stuff. And now, so the only thing, only thing they have left is, to, well, this is misinformation. We need an army of trusted sources that can fight in the information war that we're losing. Was that story we covered there? 
Uh, and it's, so it's the same thing here with this uh, with these stories, right? Are they train? Are they training? Wait, what do we? Who are they? What? How many are there? All right. Anyway, there you go. If you want to join me for super chat, support the show. EnterPCM.live slash Red Ice TV. You can do uh, Odyssey Hyper Chats as well or Rumble Rants. We keep an eye on that throughout the show as well. We appreciate your support. We're going to switch a little bit here of the topics. I guess this will be our segue because of the ethnic cor- cor- correlation connection. <clears throat> uh, but we're going to talk. I want to talk uh, here towards the end of the show a little bit about the uh, the Vax uh, stuff here. And uh, what's going on with that? Because in the beginning, we talked about the FEMA you know, alert system and uh, all the graphene oxide being activated. Well, at least according to that guy in Israel, right? We'll see if that uh, zombie apocalypse happened. But the argument was we don't need to because we already have a, uh, a problem with uh, skyrocketing cancer rates. But before we get that or get there, uh, Drew Weissman, this is from a couple of days ago, a Jewish immunologist wins Nobel Prize for his work on COVID vaccines. It's funny because remember they set up the Genesis Prize because there was a bunch of people uh, who happened, just happened to be Jewish. I'm not saying anything here. Look, I'm just, you know, just, I'm just noticing a pattern here. Wasn't enough, there was not enough Jewish people winning the Nobel Prize in various fields, so they set up their own Genesis Prize, which presumably is only going to be distributed to other uh, Jewish people. But anyway, so they got the uh, Genesis Prize for them, and now they have the majority of the Nobel Prize. But of course, what could be more what could be more a noble cause uh, than the, the famous jab to give it, uh, give it for that? Because of course, we've seen no problems uh, whatsoever uh, in the wake of this. Of course, famously, you had uh, uh, Pfizer's CEO Albert Borla to you by Pfizer recently also getting this is last year right uh, a, a prize he was going to give uh, donate that to some Holocaust Museum whatever uh, I think actually that was the Genesis Prize I believe wasn't that the Genesis Prize maybe it was a Nobel Prize too I don't know uh, but anyway so I want to play a little bit of a clip here from Dr. Philip Buckholt uh, with his testimony on DNA contamination in Pfizer's mRNA vaccines. Uh, it is a little bit longer. I hope we can. How much can we play of this here? Oof, yeah, it's a little long. It's a great. We, if, that will be the only thing we do. If so, let's play a little bit here, and we'll uh, we'll uh, jump in when it's appropriate. Let me see how long this one is. Isn't there a cut down? Oh, that's thirty. Okay, yeah. So this is the cut down version. Okay, let's let's check this out here. For those of you who don't 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 know me, um, my name is Philip Buckholz. I'm a uh, I have a PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a cancer gene jock. Uh, basically, I do cancer genomics research at the University of South Carolina. And what that means is that I'm kind of an expert on all the ways that the human genome can get futzed with during your lifetime and which of those things cause cancer and which ones don't. Okay. Um, so technically, that means that I'm very, very skilled in, in the art of DNA sequencing. Okay, I can figure out the sequence of things that I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, and I'm also pretty good, when I say I, I mean the people in my laboratory, uh, you're not going to hear their names, but there's a group of people that do this excellent work. Um, we're really good at, at um, detecting foreign pieces of DNA in places where they're not supposed to be, even if they're real low levels. And we use those skills during the pandemic um, to, we invented the COVID test that many of you did a spit test 
okay, that came out of my lab because we were really good at that kind of stuff. And so I've earned a fair amount of respect um, in the state of South Carolina and in this body because we did a ton of COVID testing in the middle of the night when people were afraid and we told them, no, you don't have COVID in your home or yes, you do. So my qualifications to comment on this are both technical and kind of relational in the state of South Carolina. Um, I'll cut to a very narrow theme here, but it does touch on lots of these regulatory issues and I'll leave it to you to expand on those if you want to. I'll try to stay in this narrow lane um, of some problems in the Pfizer vaccine um, as a case study for places in which regulatory oversight could be improved. All right. So first of all, let me say that my interpretation. This might seem a little dry and boring, but it's actually very interesting. So we'll listen a few more minutes here. Of the literature is that the Pfizer vaccine did a pretty good job of keeping people from dying, but it did uh, Okay, look, so the framing here was he's he's pro this technology and these kinds of things, but the, the point is, even this guy who's actually pro it, listen to his warning of what it does, though. Well, job of stopping the pandemic, the early public. Not really. I mean, it's been if it's if it's a leaky vax, it, it'll create new variants, it will cause more problems, et cetera, et cetera. But whatever, it, leave that to the side for now. Patients showed that. Um, it stopped infection, but that only lasted for like a month. Dr. Burkhardt, could yes. you pull the mic a little closer to you? Um, staff's telling me they're having trouble getting you on the recording. Okay. Okay, thank you. Whoever cut that down, um, could have cut that part. In, in my professional minute. evaluation of the literature, the Pfizer vaccine did a pretty good job of keeping people out of the cemetery, but it sucked at stopping the pandemic. And um, I'm speeding up. It was the bit. best of sucky options that we had. And I still believe that um, it was deployed mostly in good faith but there were a lot of shortcuts taken because the house was on fire and uh, we could do a better job next time from the lessons that we're going to learn here that's my own personal view of this uh, but i'm also my philosophical bent here is i'm sure many of you've heard of Occam, occam's razor right choose the simplest of explanations well there's another one called hanlon's razor which is never attribute malice to that which can be better explained by incompetence and so I'm trying to be gracious here in many in circumstances. There could be malice underneath, but I'm trying to see exactly. just incompetence to there be gracious. There could be. So the Pfizer uh, vaccine is contaminated with plasma DNA. Right. It's not just mRNA. It's got bits of DNA in it. This DNA is the DNA vector that was used um, as the template for the in vitro transcription reaction when they made the mRNA. Um, I know this is true because I sequenced it in my own lab. The vials of Pfizer vaccine that were given out here in Columbia, uh, one of my colleagues was in charge of that vaccination program in the College of Pharmacy, and for reasons that I still don't understand, he kept every single vial. Um, so he had a whole freezer full of the empty vials. Well, the empty vials have a little tiny bit in the, in the bottom of them. He gave them all to me, and I looked at them. We had two batches that were given out here in Columbia, and I checked these two batches, and I checked them by sequencing. And I sequenced all the DNA that was in the vaccine, and I can see what's in there. And it's surprising that there's any DNA in there. And you can kind of work out what it is and how it got there. And I'm kind of alarmed about the possible consequences of this, both in terms of human health and biology, but you should be alarmed about the regulatory process that allowed it to get there. So this DNA, in my view... The, was there any? <laughs> was there any at some point? Them self-checking themselves and, of course, regulatory captures, all these bodies that are supposed to 
you know, confirm or uh, look into these things. I mean, with the tens of thousands of documents, and even that's incriminating, right? That's why they try to keep it away for 75 years, and now they're trickling out this information so randomly now and then. They knew a bunch of this stuff anyway, but no, it's 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 malice. There's just, I, I don't see it any other way. But anyway, the point is, this is his this is his wheelhouse, right? He he uh, into these kinds of things. He even believes in them. But this is so bad now that even these guys. It's amazing it hasn't happened sooner, right? But even these guys are like. What the look, what the hell is going on here? Because uh, you actually have people that are actually looking into it. Well, what's in there? What does it do? What's the consequences? Let's maybe not just inject billions of people uh, w- with this shit, but figure out what's going on first. It could be causing some of the rare but serious side effects like death from cardiac arrest. There's a lot of cases now um, of people having suspicious death after vaccine. It's hard to prove what caused it. It's just, you know, temporarily associated. Um, and this DNA is a plausible mechanism. Okay. Uh, this DNA uh, can and likely will integrate into the genomic DNA of cells that got transfected with the vaccine mix. This is just the way it works. We do. And of course, conspiracy theorists right once again, they will mess with your DNA. How about that? Ding, ding, ding. Another win. Brought to you by Pfizer. This in the lab all the time. We take pieces of DNA, we mix them up with a, a lipid complex like the Pfizer uh, vaccine is in. We pour it onto cells and, and a lot of it gets into it the cells breaks. and a lot yep. of it gets into the DNA of those cells and it becomes a permanent fixture of the cell. It's not just a temporary, um, a temporary thing. It is in that cell and all of its progeny from now on forevermore. Amen. Yikes. Holy shit. So that's why I'm kind of alarmed about this <laughs> DNA being in the vaccine. It's, it's, it's different from RNA because it can be permanent. This is a real hazard for genome modification of long-lived somatic cells like stem cells. Um, and it could cause, theoretically, this is all a theoretical concern, but it's pretty reasonable based on solid molecular biology that it could cause a sustained autoimmune attack toward that tissue. It's also a very real theoretical risk of future cancer in some people. Depending on where in the genome this foreign piece of DNA lands, um, it can interrupt a tumor suppressor or activate an oncogene. I think it'll be rare, but I think the risk is not zero, and it may be high enough that we are to figure out if this is happening or not. And, of course, that's happening now. We'll get to that. And again, the, the, the autoimmunity thing is not my wheelhouse. I'm not an immunologist, but the cancer risk is. That's my bag. I know this is a thing, and it is a possibility. Okay, a, a little nerdy science here. The central dogma of molecular biology is that DNA gets transcribed into RNA, okay? And then RNA gets translated into protein. This is just how life runs. Why, why does this matter? Well, DNA... For the purposes of this discussion, DNA is a long-lived information storage device. Okay, what you were born with, you're going to die with and pass on to your kids. DNA lasts for hundreds of thousands of years, um, and it can last for generations if you pass it on to your kids. Right? So alterations to the DNA... If they look like you. (laughs) They stick around. RNA, by its nature, is temporary. It doesn't last. And that feature of RNA was part of the sales pitch for the vaccine. The pseudouridine was supposed to make the RNA last a little bit longer, but still, it's a transient phenomenon. We're talking hours to days, okay? Um, and then proteins. Once proteins are made, they also don't last forever. They, uh, they last for hours to days. But something that makes its way into DNA has the potential to last for a very long time, maybe a lifetime. So this is a picture of the sequencing read that, uh, the sequencing run that I did uh, in the lab. 
um, from a couple of batches of the Pfizer vaccine. And all those little bitty lines here are the little tiny pieces of DNA that are in the vaccine. They don't belong there. They are not part of the sales pitch or the marketing campaign. And they're there. There's a lot of them. <laughs> this little graph here in the middle is yeah. the size distribution that peaks. Where, who, what, when. <clears throat> Gap to the gallows. Around 100 base pairs, 120 oh, I mean, base pairs. So all of this should just be made I illegal. I mean, I know, right, by by the very people that approve these things or even wanting these things. No, it's not going to happen. But just as a technicality, right? This is a from a point of view of reason, right? Reasonable, a reasonable position on this would be: this is too dangerous. We know too little about this. Let's ban it outright. Anybody that remember that lab in California, the random lab that had all these COVID mice or whatever the hell it was, like some uh, you know illegal lab. And it's not that it's like, oh, that's that's the bad thing. Then it's like the legal labs are the bad ones too. It's like it's two coins of the same story. But not that it's good that they have illegal labs. But you know, anybody that's caught in a situation like that, a public flogging, uh, you know hang them by their testicles, live stream it to the world, whatever you need to do as a strong deterrent for like these things you do not do is, is obviously what's necessary here, right? Deterrent. Should I do this? If I do get caught, I'll be publicly, you know, have my genitals cut off and hung up by my intestines or whatever it is, you know, kind of thing. And it's not that I get off on any of that or want that. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a, a sadist. I'm not a Jacobin. You know, they did shit like that. But I'm just saying it's, da it's dangerous enough that the punishment like that is warranted in order to just try to stop other people from doing it. That still won't guarantee it. But there's an awful lot of people that probably would think twice about it if they saw that kind of shit. Maybe that's what we need. Just, just saying. Oh, the... The DNA pieces that are in the vaccine are short little pieces, 100, 120. There's some that are about 500 base pairs, a few that are even 5,000, but most of them are around 100 base pairs. Um, why is this important? Because the probability of a DNA, piece of DNA integrating into the human genome is unrelated to its size. So your genome risk is just a function of how many particles there are. So it's like, you know, if you shoot a shotgun at a washboard, if you shoot a slug, you have some probability of hitting it. And if you shoot buckshot, you have a bigger probability of hitting it with some shot, right? This, all these little pieces of DNA that are... This guy from South Carolina, I like that. <laughs> ...in the vaccine are analogous to buckshot. Like his analogies. Good stuff. Shot. Um, you have many, many thousands of opportunities to modify uh, a uh, cell of a vaccinated person. Um, the pieces are very small because during the process, they chopped them up to try to make them go away, but they actually increased the hazard of genome modification in the process. That's how this got here. Oh, shit. Um, in my view... Probably uh, totally a coincidence. Uh, somebody should go about sequencing DNA samples from stem cells of people who are vaccinated and find out if this theoretical risk has happened or not. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a real serious oversight regulatory oversight that happened at the federal level and somebody should force this to happen somewhere. Dr. Bocop, yes. if you allow, are you capable of doing that? Yeah, it's, we do that kind of thing. But in order for it to be trustworthy it, by the public, this has to be done by lots of people. Right? Okay. Um, I'll talk to you more about that later. Yeah, this is our, our deal. This is why I know this should have been done at the federal level. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, we little, took all these pieces more. of DNA and we used them to glue together what the source DNA must have been. This is kind of, again, this is our, what we do in the lab all the time. And, and all these little, little red and green lines here, these are all independent little pieces of DNA. Um, this must have had 100,000 pieces of DNA in this, this uh, sequencing run. And you can put them all back together and see what they came from is this circle over here. It's a plasmid that you can go shopping online to buy from Agilent. And it's clear that Pfizer uh, took this plasmid and then they cloned Spike into it. Um, and they used it for in a process called in vitro transcription translation, in vitro transcription, where you feed um, an RNA polymerase this plasmid and it makes a whole bunch of mRNA copies for you. Okay, and then you take this mRNA, you mix it with the, the lipid nanoparticle transfection reagent, and now you've got your mRNA vaccine, but they failed to get the DNA out before they did this. So these little pieces, they did, they did make some effort to chop it up, so all these little pieces of the plasma got packaged in with the RNA. That's clear as day what happened just from the forensics of looking at the DNA sequencing. Okay, a, a little bit of a regulatory note here. Um, it's, all, uh, it's all professional, all these white coats, they know exactly what they're doing, don't worry about it. Trust the soyans, as uh, some say in chat. The way you do RNA transcription, in vitro transcription reactions, you have to give it a DNA template, okay? And you can give it a DNA template that is just a synthetic piece of DNA that is only the instructions to make the RNA. And that's what was done for getting the um, emergency use authorization and the clinical trial. It's called process one, if you look up that kind of stuff. Um, they made a PCR product of just the bits that they wanted, and then they did the in vitro transcription, made a bunch of RNA of that. There was no plasmid DNA to contaminate the stuff that was used for the trial. But that, that making that PCR product doesn't scale the way that was necessary to vaccinate the whole world. So a cheaper way to scale up the production of this template is to clone that PCR product into this plasmid vector, put the plasmid vector into bacteria, and then you can grow up big vats of the bacteria. They make a lot of the plasmid DNA for you. Then you use that plasmid DNA as the template to drive this transcription reaction to make your RNA. Um, and that's where how the contamination ended up in the production batches, even though it was not in the stuff that was used for the authorization trials. So I know it's a little bit Insane. of nerdy science, but it has regulatory implications for, for you guys. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Or less um, bit here. We can, we can measure the quantity of this stuff pretty easy in the lab. This is, we're, we're good at doing this kind of stuff. This is the same, we made a little PC. A colleague of mine at, at MIT made, you know, from, who, who used to work for the, the Broad Institute at MIT, he, he made a little... Uh, PCR test and we cloned it here. This is similar to the PCR test that you all took for the spit test. Okay, same, same idea and same expertise. Which has its problems too. And we can quantify course, right? exactly how much of this stuff is in a vaccine or any other tissue. And, you know, I, I estimate that there were about 2 billion copies of the one piece that we're looking for in every dose. And if you look back at that map I showed you where it's all these little, the, the little piece that we're looking for is just that little bit right there, okay? But if you see 2 billion copies of this, there's about 200 billion of everything else. So w what this means is that there's probably about 200 billion pieces of this plasma DNA in, in each dose of the vaccine. And it's encapsulated in this lipid nanoparticle, so it's ready to be delivered inside the cell. Okay, this is right. a bad idea. Turning, turning you into mutants, folks. 
See, that is the zombie apocalypse, whatever the, whatever this is. I mean, we, 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 it's too early to tell, right? You don't need the, the FEMA frequencies to activate something. And, it's, you know, again, who, who, sure, who knows whatever's going on with that. But, like, probably you don't need that. You just, this, this shit is enough. Like, they're, they're fucking with our DNA now. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I'm convinced it's, it's malice. I think there's people that know exactly what they're doing. The batch thing, or the lots, as they call it, seems to indicate this, right? How they sent it out. There's a, there's no uh, random process here. This was done to intentionally target certain areas and things like that. Uh, they know what they're doing. I, I think it's malice. My conclusions yeah, conclusion. from this, um, we should check a bunch of people. Ah. My conclusions from this are I should learn how to run PowerPoint. Um... We should check a bunch of vaccinated people getting tissue samples, especially if we focus on harmed people, but that's not necessary. We could also just focus on regular unharmed people and see if this plasma DNA is integrating into the genomes of any of their stem cells. It leaves a calling card that is there. One of the reasons why I'm focusing on this is because it's kind of different from a lot of the other imagined harms where you can't really prove it. You can be suspicious because of the timing, but you can't really prove it. This one, you can prove it because it leaves a calling card. Okay. Um, you find it in the stem cells of harmed people. It's equivalent to finding a certain type of lid in someone who is now dead. It's pretty reasonable to assume that that's what caused it. Uh, the royal we, meaning you guys, should insist that the FDA force Pfizer to get the DNA out of the booster and all future versions of this vaccine. Yeah, that will happen. I'm a real fan of this platform, okay? I think it has the potential to treat cancers. I really believe that this platform is revolutionary, and in your lifetime, there will be mRNA vaccines against antigens in your unique cancer, okay? And, but they gotta get this problem fixed, okay? And, I, and I, right now, I think the financial incentives are too great to just keep on rolling with it, of and course. it's gonna take some encouragement to get it out. The regulation that allowed this DNA to be there in the first place. I don't think that this, the amounts there actually exceed the regulation limits. In some batches it may. In, in the two batches that I looked at, one of them it was just under the limit and one it was just over the limit. My colleague in Boston has looked at a fair number of other batches and there's a handful that are super high and there's a handful that are super low. But the fact that there is a regulatory threshold for amount of DNA allowed in a vaccine is a throwback to an era when we were talking about vaccines that were like a recombinant protein that you or a dead virus, you know, attenuated virus attenuated, produced yep. in, in CHO cells or something like that. The, the thing that actually and the used DNA to be, that, that used to be defined as a vaccine, this new shit is, is not that, is a, a platform, they call it a platform technology. Might be in it is naked DNA and you might have a little bit in the vaccine. That's not a problem because naked DNA gets chewed up immediately upon vaccination and there's no real mechanism for it to get inside the cells. They inappropriately applied that regulatory limit to this new kind of vaccine where everything is encapsulated in this lipid nanoparticle. It's basically packaged in a synthetic virus able to dump its contents into a cell. So I'm thinking Hanlon's razor here, okay? I don't think there was anything nefarious here. I think it was just kind of a dumb oversight. And it's gonna take because the financial incentives are so great to just, you know, sweep it under the rug and the career incentives of people that approve this are going to be, oh, there's nothing wrong here. You know, it's going to take some encouragement to make people 
prove that it's okay. Some encouragement. But right. I really believe this was an inappropriate application of an mm. old school regulation yeah. to a new kind of vaccine. And who knows, maybe we'll check a bunch of people and we'll find out for sure that this is indeed not a problem. And that will do the public good if we prove that. All right, well, thank you for, uh, thank you for your work. <clears throat> uh, these vaccines have been a, uh, were a godsend, right? Uh, right on time. It was very important to have this. Uh, so here's some of the other things that's happening right now as he is warning about the increase in the cancer rates. Alar this is uh, SciTech Daily here. Alarming global cancer surge, 79% rise in cancer cases among those under 50. Turbo cancers are decimating young doctors, 54 cases examined out of 180 Canadian doctors who have died unexpectedly since COVID-19 vaccines rolled out in Canada, 42 had cancer. And then there's this. Scientists develop airborne mRNA to vaccinate public without consent. So presumably it's still, it's just aer aerosolized. Is that, the, is that the word? Aerosolized? Which means you probably still have this DNA um, impurity or whatever you want to call it, infection in, in this version as well. Uh, they're doing nasal ones now because people think, oh, they're just afraid of the needle. That's why they're not getting it. It's like, no, most people, I hope at least, are aware of what they're putting in their body. But no, now, see, now they're developing things that will just spray in the atmosphere and you'll get it too, right? It's always the issue. It's already the, the issue of, of uh, herd uh, immunity about these things, right? And remember again, I mean, uh, they did this back in, uh, here's a paper on that, by the way, polymer nanoparticles deliver mRNA to the lung for a mucusal vaccination. Uh, Operation Sea Spray back from 2050. Remember they did bioweapons tests on San Francisco. They just had these big ships literally just spraying things into the city. This is not uh, not unheard of. Western Critique over in Odyssey says, uh, I'm sure happy you guys put on the show. Thanks for everything you do, Henrik. Thank you for your support. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Um, I think we'll wrap up there. We had a couple of more clips, but we're coming up on the two-hour mark here. So thank you guys for joining us today. I hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, of course, the conclusion here on, on this uh, last segment, of, of course, obviously, is uh, these people have to be stopped. <laughs> there's there's nothing else to say about that. Uh, but uh, look out, because those that got the vax, uh, they are... They have problems and problems coming and some of it might be inert or whatever, uh, whatever you call it, saline solution or something that people got. Some might be the real thing. But uh, yeah, there are a lot of health uh, consequences as part of this. And we're going to have to have uh, these people held accountable and responsible. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up right there. Thank you for joining us here today. This Wednesday, October 4th, 10-4, we're still uh, we're still here. Uh, for those of you in, uh, well, Russia now then, or the U.S., uh, after the uh, emergency uh, test uh, alert system thing. Um, but uh, again, the, uh, that isn't going to save us from the uh, rising cancer rates from those who, uh, who got the jab, unfortunately. Uh, please join us over at redassmembers.com. Ten bucks a month. You can get it cheaper by getting a longer subscription. Check out the latest show that we have up there right now, our latest uh, Western Warrior. Excellent uh, uh, show. Uh, very good stuff this is really the best show that we do and do produce so if you want a little bit extra and support us well a lot extra actually and support us at the same time redicemembers.com but you can sign up over at subscribestar or odyssey 
uh, as well if you prefer it doesn't really matter we are going to set up our locals soon as well if you prefer that method uh, we do have another um, couple of ways that you can support the show as well you can sign up for a plus tier if you want to but you also can sign up for a executive producer or producer tier uh, it's a great way to get uh, your shout out at the end of the show as well uh, you support us tremendously it helps tremendously that way we can keep thriving growing and expanding so we do thank our executive producers today t lothrop stoddard v miller resin revolt good luck lap jake red pill rundown french 47 mark smith no one jeebs president of bunga special shout out same in the chat today we have mongoose we have also have william fox angry white soccer mom the second wanderer operation werewolf the ride never ends Francis Parker Yockey, Jill Bob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, and Colin Marriott. Thank you, guys. Also, thank you to Mr. Walker696, Johansson, Leroy Dumont, Snork Pop, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, your new Obadiah Hexwell, Perfect Brute, Single Action Army, and Kami Combo Deal. If you just signed up for one of those tiers and you're not yet in the rotation, you can obviously send us an email, redeyesatprotomail.com. Let us know how, where you signed up, what username and so forth, and we'll get you into the rotation. Thank you, guys. We appreciate all of you. It's great, uh, always great being with you. Uh, keep positive. Keep white-pilled. There's a lot of uh, negative things happening in the world, but that's just what it is. We have to expose them. We have to fight them. We have to make sure we're aware of them before we can uh, actually do something against them. So keep on fighting. Shin high. Be proud. Do what you can, form communities, train, form your tribes. You know what to do if you're a regular at least. But anyway, thank you guys. We'll be back with more here soon. Until next time, thank you so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your Odin's day. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at subscribestar.com forward slash red ice. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.